Hey, I want to welcome you to our New Life Weekend experience and so glad that you've kind of tuned in to be, uh, to be a part of this. Now, I know for all of us, as we enter into this kind of last month of the year, uh, we, we kind of have so many things going on, so much that engages us that, that we tend to get a little bit scattered and frazzled. And so I want to just thank you for being part of this, but I want to invite you into something more as well. During this month of December, we'd love to have you come join us for one of our Christmas services. Uh, just any Sunday through the, through the month of December, just to, to come and to celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. There's something so powerful in that. So don't miss out on an opportunity to go one step further and to connect and to be part of God's family. Now, you remember from the very beginning of this video, uh, there are resources down below, so make sure you check that out note-taking sheets, all kinds of things. The different ways you can respond and you can give back to God, don't miss out on that opportunity uh, to do that and to make an impact. And you know, during this month, uh, we're taking you know, a portion of everything that comes in and we're pushing that back out to local ministries because this has been a tough 18 months and so we want to support them as well. So thank you. Thank you for giving. Thank you for your generosity. Thank you for trusting in God uh, in all of this. Well, one more thing before we just dive into this message. This Saturday night at 6 o'clock, that's December 11th at 6 p.m., we're going to be having a concert uh, right here at our Turlock campus. The Katinas are going to be here to do Christmas music and to really kind of celebrate and bring in this season. So I hope you'll join us for a Christmas concert with the Katinas this Saturday night, December 11th at 6 p.m. at our Turlock campus. Well, I want to welcome you to the first weekend of this Christmas season. And it really is an amazing time as we journey together towards Jesus. Now, there's another word that uh, is used in our Christian tradition that leads us to Christmas, and it's this word Advent. And you've probably heard of that before. Uh, it may just be one of those things your, your kids have made where you peel off the days coming up to Christmas. It, it may sometimes even have a, where you open a little cardboard thing and there's a candy inside and those, those, those Advent calendars. But Advent is really more than that. It's, it's a version of a Latin term, which means coming. And it's this whole idea of anticipating the coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so we use these weeks leading up to Christmas as a chance to look forward in our celebration of the arrival of the Messiah, the light of the world, the Savior. Christmas is a season of great expectation, right? I mean, from presents under the tree to, to stockings, I mean, just all the Christmas traditions, but that ha they each bring with it that sense of what's, what's next and what's coming and, and what's underneath the, the bows and the, and the paper. And so expectation is just a part of it. And all of that goes back to this season of Advent, of anticipating the coming. So I'm glad you're here with me today as we embark on a journey to actually join in to an epic adventure that began more than 2,000 years ago. And we get to, as the story we see in the Bible, we get to follow the, the star and discover the light of the world. It's really a journey of heart and soul, but it's also a journey that will realign our expectations and our experience of this season. It's a, it's a journey that will explore the, the gifts of Christmas delivered by and through Christ himself. Things like hope and joy and love and peace. And we will need hope, right? 
We know it in, in the challenges of life, the challenges of love, the challenges of circumstances. We need fresh joy in this journey. We need peace no matter what we're facing or dealing with. So our, our journey this December will center on the star as our guiding light. Now, the star of Bethlehem has taken kind of a central place in the Christmas story, but it's mentioned in the Bible is really very brief. The, the record of the wise men from the east who followed the star is only mentioned in the Gospel of Matthew in his account of Jesus' coming. Now, there's been a lot of discussion, a lot of study by scholars and scientists about what the star actually was, uh, about literally what, what happened in that in that sky, in that area of the galaxy, in the universe? Like, what, what brought that around? There's been a lot of study and speculation over who those wise men were, who are the, this, this cosmic appearance of, of the star that took place. But apart from the debates, there remains this undeniable truth, that the light of a star led people to Jesus even if they were still on that journey the night that Jesus was born. You see, the star then and the star now is this, this picture of, of guidance and a path that ultimately leads us to Jesus, who really is the light of the world. So as we start this journey, which is, which is really what this whole December series is about, right? A journey to Jesus. I want to encourage all of us to look for the light. Now, this, this season is about the journey as much as it is the destination. This is the time to prepare. It's a time to pause. It's a time to consider. It's a time to maybe just take a deep breath and turn our eyes to the true meaning of this time of year. A season that can seem incredibly hectic, incredibly stressful, right? You're trying to get everything in order, maybe your house in order, your apartment in order, trying to, to get gifts to the people in your life, trying to get food and maybe uh, parties at school or parties at work or parties with friends. And sometimes it seems like everything gets amped up, but maybe this season you can just experience God's peace. So no matter where you find yourself today, you're invited into this journey. So I want you to think for a moment about this Christmas story and whether or not you have ever read the Bible about the Christmas story or, or whether it's just the tradition that you know. I want you to think about the people who were part of that first Christmas, Mary and Joseph, an innkeeper, right? Uh, a jealous king, some wise men. There were shepherds, there were angels, and of course, the, the star of the story was Jesus Christ himself. And, and while the pace of, of our lives today would, would probably make those folks that we just named think that we are insane, like how, how can you keep that much going on at one time? Each of those people was facing their own daily difficulties that for some of us, we'd go, I, I, I don't know how you, you did that. I don't know how you lived through that. I don't know how you could, you could manage that. See, they didn't have all the answers and they hadn't spent hours getting ready and making sure that they were fully prepared for the events that were about to unfold. They didn't even understand what was happening to them at the time. Even when the angels appeared or when a star guided their, their path or, or when this young 
this young virgin Mary had an angel appear to her. There was no preparation. There was no advance warning. There was no, oh, I understand what's going on. See, they were caught up in that event. They were caught up in this first Christmas. But every single one of them answered God's invitation to come and to see the birth of hope, the birth of the light of the world, the birth of the Savior for every single one of us for all time. So here's my question. As you're sitting at home, as you're watching this on your phone, as you're listening to this podcast, here's my question. Will you say yes to the journey to Jesus? Will you sift through the the dark places of your own life and your own circumstances, even though they may be hard and difficult? And will you look for that just spark of light, that glimmer of hope? Will you step towards the light, even if it's hard to see what's happening right now and you don't don't know what's going to happen next? Will you journey towards Jesus, drawn by hope for the love and the joy and the peace for the life that he has for you. Now that may seem stressful to you even as you hear that. And it may seem incredible, incredibly peaceful to you. Because if you're like most of us, and I've kind of already mentioned this, but your Christmas season may already be kicking off with struggles maybe relational struggles, maybe family issues, right? Nothing like holidays to to bring out the drama in families. It may be financial stresses as you want to do this or this or or buy this gift and you're looking at your account and you're going, how am I going to get through all that Christmas needs and still pay my bills? I mean, there may be all kinds of things. This may be a season of loss for you. Over these past couple of weeks, I've sat with families who have lost loved ones recently, who are walking through pain and trauma. Like, how, how do you navigate that? See, at some level, at some place, we, we've all been there at some time or another. Different ways, different situations, but we've all faced those struggles. And again, you may be there right now. But let me encourage you in this. In those dark places is where hope shines the brightest. In those those dark places is where light is really seen. It's where it it blooms in us. So how do we follow the star on a journey of hope? How can we live aware and present in this season of anticipation? So let me give you uh, a few things, and you can write these down. The first is this. Jesus is light in the darkness. That's that's the truth we hold on to. That's why he came. He was light in the darkness. And light, when it's dark, you know what I mean? Like when a light shines when it's dark, it's even that much more captivating. So I brought this with me today. It's, uh, It's a little running light. And so when I go for a run early in the morning, I will often clip this to the back of my shirt. And I'm going to turn it on here for just a moment, but I feel like I need to give a warning. Bright and flashing lights could cause a negative response in those who are light sensitive. You ever see that in movies. So, uh, but what I do 
is I turn this on and it just blinks and flashes. And so again, I have it on the back of my shirt or the back of my jacket, you know, depending on the temperature and I run. And so people from the side and from the back, it's like, I'm a known entity, right? They can see that light coming. Well, I'm going to turn that off. Now, if you were driving your car early in the morning and you saw me out uh, running, that light would look just like a blurred streak because of how fast I'm actually moving. Okay, actually, you'd wonder, is that light even moving at all? I, I know some of you have, have seen me and you, you've told me, hey, I saw you out running on the canal yesterday. And I just want to thank you for calling what I do running because shuffling is actually a, a more accurate description of what I do. But if I was to turn this on and run in the middle of the day, you would probably see it. But it probably wouldn't capture your attention. It would just kind of be, oh, it's like a blinking light on the back of that guy. Uh, because it's light. But I'll tell you, when it's dark out, that blinking light is unmistakable. I mean, for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of yards, you can see it way off in the distance because it's so dark and that light captures you. It's kind of amazing how God chose a star to guide the wise men to Bethlehem. And throughout the Bible, we see how God uses his own creation to reveal himself to us. He shows us himself through what he's created around us. King David put it beautifully in Psalm 19. He says this, The heavens proclaim the glory of God, and the skies display his craftsmanship. Day after day they continue to speak. Night after night they make him known. They speak without a sound or a word. Their voice is never heard, yet their message has gone throughout the earth and their words to all the world. I don't know if you've ever been out in the wilderness. I mean, just somewhere far off where, where there's no city lights, there's no, you know, bleed to the sky of, of traffic lights and, and, and just home lights and all those things. And you're out there and when the stars come out, it's breathtaking, right? Because you see stars that you could never see when you're in the confines of a city. And David is saying, all you have to do is, is look up to the skies and you see these stars, you see the universe, you see the galaxy. And there's this, this moment where you just go, God created all of that. Now, I know some people deny that and some people just see it as, you know, the galaxy from a big bang existed and all that. But I tell you, there are moments in, in different places of, of beauty in the world and creation where it just makes you stop and go, how can you not believe in God after seeing that? Because creation, it, it shouts that there's a creator, that there's someone with a design who put this together. David wrote this in Psalm 8. He said, when I look at the night sky and I see the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars you set in place, what are mere mortals that you should think about them? Human beings that you should care for them. See where David went? He saw the stars and the moon and all those things. And again, it was breathtaking. And then he looked at his own life and he says, God, in the midst of all of that, like, who am I? Who are we as human beings that you would even take notice of us. But David goes on to, to recognize that 
God's knowledge and his love and his compassion and care is individual for us. God's glory is seen in the stars, but the thing about stars is they can't be seen in the light. Again, just like this running light, but on a much grander scale. They're there, but we can't see them. In fact, they're often seen best, as I, as I said a moment ago, in the darkest of nights when there's no moon, no city lights. The darker the setting, the brighter the starlight. Let me say that again. The darker the setting, the brighter the light. Well, this time of year, the, the holiday lights and glitz and all those things can, can provide kind of a momentary maybe even an artificial light in our lives. Sometimes we seek our own kind of flashy distractions to try to numb us from the darkness that's in here. But facing the darkness, calling it what it is, allows us to come face to face with the true light. And it's when we acknowledge the darkness, when we acknowledge the sin, when we acknowledge the separation, when we acknowledge the selfishness and the pain and all of those things, it's then we can see the light that leads us. As we journey together towards Christmas, let's be honest about the darkness we find in ourselves. Darkness in the world around us, right? We've seen that. We see it on a regular basis. Turn on the news. We see all kinds of things going on and it just, it feels heavy and dark. But it's not just out there as we know, it's in here as well. But into that great darkness, there's an even greater light that comes. Jesus comes to show us the way. The Bible tells us that it was pretty dark uh, in the time of, you know, the world when, when Jesus came. For the people of Israel, it was a moment when they had been wondering and waiting. The Old Testament prophets had, had said there's a Messiah that's going to come, but it had been a long wait, hundreds of years of waiting. Isaiah 7 it says, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child and she will give birth to a son and we'll call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And they were waiting for that. Isaiah talked about this light that was coming into the darkness and the darkness though had would continued to grow. In Isaiah 9, it says this, the people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. <clears throat> Now, both of those passages were spoken long before Jesus was born, generations before he was born. And the people of Israel lived in that, that tension, that space between promise and fulfillment. And looking back, it's easy for us to see how that first Passover, remember all the way back in the Old Testament when God spared the Israelites in Egypt, he set them free from slavery, how all of that foreshadowed the coming of Jesus, who was the Lamb of God. But the people of Israel didn't have like this perfect 2020 hindsight. They were desperate for a rescuer. And to be real honest with you, and you read it in their writings, many of them thought God had forgotten them. That here they are under Roman oppression. It's like, God, where are you? In fact, we see that written over and over. How long, O oh Lord? How, how long like, have you forgotten us? And so they felt those same kinds of things. They felt that same kind of struggle. And today, I think with them, we share the common ground of darkness and desperation. And nothing can rescue us from that except the light of God, Jesus himself. 
And the beauty of the journey of hope is that we see in what seems to be the darkest hour that God shows up. And when we can find and continue to experience hope, knowing that Jesus entered our darkness on that very first Christmas. Write this down for number two. Jesus offers us hope in the waiting. Hope in the waiting. So let me ask this. Do you know anyone who likes to wait? I, I don't know a single person who, who just loves, who just thrives on waiting. Like you don't ever hear anyone say, I'm so excited about going to the DMV and renewing my license and registration. Nobody does that. <laughs> Nobody says that. Or I'm so glad they're not opening up any more check stands at the grocery store. I like it when we just have one long line. Nobody says that because we all get antsy. We're just like, please open up another register. Please call my number at the DMV. Something. I'm just tired of waiting. That's why Disneyland has the fast pass, right? If I can get out of that line, man, that's what I want to do. We live in a culture and we are the kind of people that does everything possible to reduce the amount of time that we spend waiting. We do prime delivery so we can get our order in 24 to 48 hours. I subscribe to Netflix so I can watch what I want, when I want it, which by the way, is right now, right? That's who we are. And I don't think most of us, to be honest with you, would do very well living in Bible times. People in Israel knew all about the long wait. Since Genesis, in the very first book of the Bible, when sin entered the world, we see that God offered the promise of hope. In Genesis 3, God God cursed the serpent. Remember the one who had tempted Adam and Eve and, and said that through her offspring that would come the one who would crush the serpent, who would who would defeat Satan. And we, and we know that this was Jesus. This was the, the prophecy. This was the foreshadowing that there was going to be a Messiah, a rescuer, a deliverer who would come. That he would be the hope from the very beginning. And God had that plan from the very start. But God's timing and our timing is often very different. I want you to imagine for a moment a farmer standing in a dry, dusty field, looking up at the sky. Maybe there have been years of drought, like the plants just like you just can't plant or harvest. Like there's just nothing that happens because there's just simply no rain. And it's like everything has been taken from him during this, this drought and all hope has been gone. But then as he's standing in this dry, dusty field, he hears thunder off in the distance, kind of the, the promise of rain. Now, the reason I tell you that that story, the reason I paint that picture is because that's the imagery that John the Baptist gave of himself when people were asking him, are you the Messiah? Are you the rescuer? Are you the one who is, who's to come? And he said, no, I, I'm not, but I'm announcing the arrival of the long-awaited one. I'm announcing the arrival of hope. And in John 1, he said this, I'm thunder in the desert. Make the road straight for God. He said, I'm that thundercloud you hear in the distance going, rain is coming, hope is coming, the rescuer is coming. This season of of Christmas, this season of of Advent, which is the buildup to Christmas, is literally a time of waiting 
And in that time of waiting, day by day, as we build towards that December 25th, we feel the tension that there's this incredible hope that is beginning to take root moment by moment as we realize Jesus is coming. Rescue is coming. And this waiting reminds us of where our hope is set. It's not in what I can accomplish today. It's not in what I can manufacture for myself. It's that the rescuer, the Messiah, he's coming. And it allows us the time to pause and to focus and to say, freedom is coming. New beginning is about to unfold. And while we wait to celebrate Jesus' birth, we also wait for our true hope to be fulfilled when he comes again. And this will be the fulfillment of our deepest hopes. Does that make sense to you? So we, in Christmas and Advent, we, we look forward to the hope of his birth and the coming, which we know has already happened, but it's once again being reminded of it. But the ultimate hope is that he's coming again. That this isn't the end, that there's, there's life and that there's, there's you know, eternity with him that is still beyond the horizon. The apostle John described it this way in Revelation 7. He said, after this, I saw a vast crowd too great to count from every nation and every tribe and people and language standing in front of the throne and before the Lamb of God. And they will never again be hungry or thirsty. They will never be scorched by the heat of the sun for the Lamb on the throne will be their shepherd and he will lead them to springs of life-giving water and God will wipe every tear from their eyes. That's the ultimate hope we have. And we live right now in the space between the already and the not yet. And so our challenge is to embrace the waiting with hope and to allow that hope to carry us through the wait. You could say that hope fuels our very faith. It draws us closer, knowing that our belief and expectation will be fulfilled as God has promised. Hebrews 11 says this, faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It's the evidence of things we cannot see. Maybe this Christmas becomes not just another holiday, but a reminder of the confidence that we have as we wait in hope for what we can't see just yet. Well, the last thing, and this will be short, I want you to write this down for number three. I'm committing to the journey. I don't know about you, but my concepts of waiting and journeying are very different. One involves sitting, right? That's what waiting seems to be. I'm just sitting. And one, the journeying involves moving. But the concept of waiting through the Bible is one of active waiting. It's, it's waiting with expectant hearts. But we're constantly, even in the, in the period of waiting, we're constantly moving forward in the journey. Writer Henry Nouwen described the waiting we see in the Bible in this active way. In his book, Waiting for God, he wrote this, active waiting means to be present fully to the moment in the conviction that something is happening where you are and that you want to be present to it. I think that's an incredible picture of Christmas and Advent. Waiting means being active, present in the moment while still anticipating where we're going on the journey. But I know it's not easy. It takes strength and courage, but we find those in the very source of hope we have. King David wrote this in Psalm 31. So be strong and courageous, all you who put your hope in the Lord. Hope is about waiting, but that waiting involves a commitment 
to being present in our journey of obedience. Yes, we have several weeks that lead to Christmas, but that's a human-created calendar timing, not God's timing. This is not about a Christmas deadline. It's not about finding all the answers or checking all the boxes. It's about preparing. And God invites us to show up and be willing to follow his lead. Wherever you are, you are not too late. God's timing is perfect, and he wants to fill your heart with hope for the ultimate experience of life in his son. As we finish our time and we start this this Christmas season, uh, I want us to take a moment and finish our time by receiving communion. And so uh, if you need to hit pause on this, go ahead and do that. And I want you to go find some bread and I want you to find a cup as we enter into this time. So if you have your cup and your bread, we just want to pause here in this last moment. And remember all that Christ has done for us. And it's funny to me, we're here in Christmas and yet we're, we're about ready to take hold of something that really has more to do with the crucifixion and Easter, right? And yet those are inseparable. Jesus came so that he could give up his life for us. So I want you to go ahead and take your bread and break it. This is his body that is broken for you and for me. Let's eat together. And on that night that Jesus met with his disciples, he took the cup and he blessed it and said, this is the blood of a new covenant. Bloodshed for the forgiveness of sin. Let's drink together. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the hope that you offer. That you bring light to the darkness. And Lord, as we sit here today, we realize that sometimes that darkness is overwhelming externally in the world as we see things happening, but internally in our own lives. In this Christmas season, we're reminded that you came to be light in the darkness. You came to bring hope to the hopeless. And during this season, this this Advent, this build up to Christmas, this waiting for the coming, Lord, I pray that you'd continue to let those, those seeds of hope just sink down deep within us and take root to give us life abundant. We thank you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. As you finish, let me uh, speak these words from Romans 15. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Hey, I want to remind you one last time, this coming Saturday night, December 11th, 6 p.m., Christmas concert with the Katinas. I hope you can come, bring some friends. It's going to be just, just a beautiful entry into this Christmas season. So thanks for joining us for this New Life Weekend experience. Be blessed and be a blessing.